Hello, Hills Church. Preacher Rick here. I'm so glad you're with us today. Are you watching online? Are you in person at Keller, West Fort Worth, North Richness, wherever you are? Thank you for joining our conversation because we're continuing to talk about mental health. And today we have a treat because our children are joining us. It's Family Worship Sunday. And that's why I've asked Stephanie Hunter to join me today. Stephanie is on our staff here. She's part of our team in our wellness and counseling ministry. Uh, Stephanie is a licensed clinical uh, social worker. And, and so she has training as a mental health professional. She also is a wife to Willie, one of our elders, a mother of two beautiful girls. And so her life experience has really equipped her to help me talk about mental health and families. And so the very first question, Stephanie, is what are you seeing? Because I'm sensing that the mental health crisis in our country isn't just with adults. No, no, kids are struggling. And the thing is, is that mental health struggles are definitely on the rise with kids and teens. You know, in 2021, the American um, Academy of Pediatrics actually declared a national emergency with mental health with kids and teens. I mean, that's that's pretty alarming. And, and research is finding that one in six kids um, is struggling with mental health. That's over 12 million kids just in our country. And you know, and if you were to talk to any school counselor, um, they would be able to attest that this is a this is a struggle, and um, and we have to become more proactive in taking care of our kids' mental health. So we want to talk about that today, and especially right now to those of you uh, kids who were with us. Uh, I bet there've been times in your life where you just felt kind of strange, and you know how to put words on it. You felt really sad, really afraid, really angry, and when you feel that way, Stephanie, what should you do? You know, um, so Pastor Rick, that's a really good question. You know, sometimes we all feel that way and it can really start to feel like a heavy load. Mm -hmm. and, and I think a great way to talk about it is to use this backpack and to use these bricks. Okay. You know, everybody's walking around with a backpack and we all have stuff in our backpack. But the thing is, is that sometimes things happen in life where it really starts to weigh us down. You know, we have things that are hard and heavy and messy, just like this brick. Um, that that go into our backpack when we start to struggle with things, you like know, what? you know, like maybe like fighting with your best friend, mm -hmm. or um, being bullied at school, or maybe you know maybe finding out that your parents are getting a divorce, mm. um, you know, maybe um, maybe someone that you love just passed away, mm. and you're just feeling really sad, you know, maybe someone is hurting, you and you don't know what to do. And, and the thing is, maybe there's some other things that we haven't even talked about that are happening in your life um, and they're weighing you down. And so now, Pastor Rick, I want you to pick up that backpack. Okay. I got really heavy. So it's, it is really heavy. And yeah. how do you think it um, would make someone feel if yeah, you happen to carry, to carry this all the time? I'd be exhausted and, and probably I'd want to just get off by myself and not even be around anybody because it's just so hard to... We live with this. Well, and, and that's the thing that happens is that when when we're having to carry around this big load, it does make us want to pull away. And it does become something that just becomes hard to handle. You know, maybe we just feel sad or down all the time. We don't want to be around people. Or maybe we start to worry all the time. Our stomach hurts. Our head hurts. Maybe we can't sleep at night because we're worried about it all the time. Or maybe we're just mad at everything. Maybe we just want to scream at everyone or hit something. Um, because the thing is, carrying around something like this is hard. But the thing that I want to say is that God doesn't want you having to carry that 
that backpack alone. You know, God put people in your life to care for you and support you. And so it's really important that that kids reach out to, to someone that cares about them and let them know what they're carrying. And another thing is, is that when you talk about those big, hard feelings that are inside, it helps those feelings not feel so big. You know, one of the ways to think about it, Pastor Rick, you know, when you take like a really deep breath and you hold it and you hold it and you hold it and all of that pressure builds and builds and builds and then finally you exhale, yeah. how does that make you feel? So much better, yeah. lighter. Yeah, you do. You feel lighter. And it's the same way. When we have all of these big feelings and these hard feelings inside and we hold them in, it's like there's all this pressure. But then once we talk about it, it's like we're letting all that pressure out. And so kids, if any of you are struggling, I just want to encourage you, find someone to talk to, let them know about your backpack, exhale all that pressure, and then that backpack is not going to feel so heavy anymore. You know, when I was a boy, I loved baseball. And if I had a baseball game coming and my stomach started to hurt, I wouldn't want to tell my parents. I would say, if I just ignore it and pretend it doesn't hurt, then everything will be better. But it never got better. It, nothing gets better by not talking about it. So Miss Stephanie is so right. It's so important to tell your parents and people that love you how you really feel. Yeah. And I, I have a feeling you're going to tell teenagers the same thing. But yeah. let's, let's deal into that because it's got to be tough to be a teenager mm -hmm. today with all the stuff that's going on in the world, all the violence, all the division, uh, the global crises that we hear about every day. Technology has been such a game changer. And the kids, the teenagers, they didn't ask for this world. They're born into it and they're having to learn how to navigate it. I'm sure it's impacting the mental health they deal with and most likely also some of the lies that it's so easy to start believing. Is that, is that what you see? Yeah, and the thing is, is that when... When we, when we struggle, teens struggle with the same lies that adults do, you know, you know, that the struggle is my identity. The struggle is who I am. It's always going to be this way. It's my fault, you know, and when we start to believe those lies, a lot of times we don't, we don't necessarily share what's going on because we're afraid we're going to be rejected or judged. But the thing is, just like I said to the kids, it's so important that you talk about what's going on, find someone that cares about you and support you and just talk about it and let them know to support you. And, and the thing is, it's so important to take care of ourselves when we're going through a hard time. But one of the things that happens is that when we are struggling, it's so easy to turn to things that are not healthy as a way to escape and or, or return to relationships that maybe don't build us up and, and actually just tear us down. So one of the things about going through a journey like this is that we learn how, we have to learn how to set boundaries and, and set boundaries with those hurtful things and those unhealthy things. But instead, what we need to do is, is put in place things that are proactive and, and good and healthy and fun as a way to decompress. And some of those things can be exercise. Exercise is a great way to decompress. Another thing is just get creative. You know, God created you as a creative person. You know, maybe it's through art, maybe it's through dance, maybe it's through music or writing, but tap into that creative part of you as a way to decompress. You know, look for hobbies, look for things to do. And then another thing, it's just be around people, be around good people who are supporting you and encouraging you. It's just so important that you surround yourself with good community. Yeah. And I'm thankful that you were proactive and, and we had some ideas of things we could actively do to take better care of ourselves and our mental health. And I'll bring it up a little bit later, but we're going to have to talk about screens at some point in this conversation, because I think that is a big factor too in the mental health of all of us. But you keep coming back to the theme of we've got to talk. Yes. Uh, that not talking is not working. So help us. How can we 
create families where it's just easier to talk about our mental health. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that we have to start talking about it because we want our kids not to be struggling alone and we want them to know that it's important to talk about things. But, you know, Pastor Rick, one of the things I think needs to happen is that we first have to talk about why we're not talking. Um, you know, one of the things of why we're not discussing mental health is because I think it's just hard. It's hard to be vulnerable. It's hard to talk about hard stuff. And, you know, and as parents, if we struggle with, with talking about those things, then it's going to be hard to facilitate that with our kids. Another thing is that, you know, maybe we don't see the value of sharing. You know, maybe we grew up in a home where talking about things was just not what you do. And, um, or maybe we see it as a weakness or see it as complaining. And then another thing, we're just busy. We are so busy and it's so easy to get into autopilot mode where talking about these things are just not on the radar. And then lastly, one thing that I see a lot is that sometimes our kids are not sharing with us because they're afraid they're going to upset us. They're afraid that we're going to, you know, maybe be disappointed in them. And so I just think it's really important that we pay attention to why we're not talking. But, you know, just like you said over and over in this series, Rick, I'm not talking about it is not working. And so one of the things that parents need to do is that we need to create a culture of sharing. We need we need to normalize talking about our emotions and struggles. We need our kids to develop that coping tool because it's so important for them to learn to do that. And so parents need to be initiating those conversations, talking about what's going on, having kids check in with them and let them know how they're doing. But one of the key things about this is when our kids start sharing, we have to be good listeners. You know, as parents, I think one of the biggest challenges that we have is that when our kids start to struggle, the first thing we want to do is to go into fix-it mode. Mm. You know, um, you know, when our kids were little, you know, and they broke their toy or they skinned their knee, you know, we jumped in, we solved the problem, and we fixed it for them. And that's what parents do. But the hard part is, is that when you're dealing with emotional struggles and emotional pain, jumping into fix-it mode doesn't actually fix it. You know, that can actually make our kids feel dismissed and not hurt. And so one of the best things that we can do for our kids is show them empathy. And what I mean by empathy is that we try to understand what they're feeling and try to feel their pain before we jump to solutions. And so when our kids feel that empathy, they feel seen, they feel heard, they feel valued. And then what happens is now they want to share more often. And that's what we want. We want a culture where our kids want to share. You know, I think back when I was a dad and my kids were small, I know my intentions were good, but I think sometimes I was too quick to jump into fix-it mode. Mm -hmm. And what I was doing was putting a Band-Aid over a wound that was much deeper. And if I had listened longer, I would have realized that. So it's such good advice to learn to be really good listeners. Um, let's talk about how we can help parents who are beginning to spec that my child might be struggling and I'm not sure how serious it is. Is this normal? Is this not normal? What are the kinds of things I'm looking for as signs that my child might have a mental health challenge? And if so, what do I do? Sure. You know, it's normal to have bad days, Rick, but um, our kids are going to have ups and downs. But the key word that you're going to want to be looking for is persistent. You know, so like the first symptom, you know, sadness, you know, of course, our kids are going to have sad days. Maybe they're going to have a couple of sad days. But the key is, are they persistently having sad days for weeks? And so that's when you start to become concerned. And so as you listen to all these different signs and symptoms, think about the word persistent. 
Um, so withdrawing from friends and family, you know, frequent outbursts or anger or irritability, you know, excessive worrying where they're just like stuck in that place of fear. Changes in eating habits where maybe they're eating all the time or maybe they're never eating at all. Um, changes in sleep where maybe they're having persistent nightmares or they're never sleeping or all they want to do is sleep. Or maybe they're um, having difficulty concentrating or they're complaining of headaches or, or stomach aches all the time. Um, changes in academic performance, um, avoiding school, avoiding things that they normally love. And then when you start to hear them talk about not feeling like they're good enough or words of, of hopelessness, you know, when you're seeing these things persistently, that's a sign that maybe there's something more underneath the surface and you need to deal with it. And so, so parents, if, if you are seeing those things, I just encourage you, reach out to a professional for help. I think one of the best things you can do is just go see the pediatrician. The great thing about seeing a pediatrician is that, um, first of all, they can rule out any medical reasons why, um, why your kids may be struggling. And then they can help you brainstorm a next step. And that next step may be counseling. It may be um, a psychiatrist. It may be medication. But the key is, is that you don't want to wait until there's a crisis. You know, you want to you ask for help when you need help. And, and one of the things I just want to say with the counseling and wellness ministry, let us support you. If you're not really sure what that next step needs to be for your kids, come and talk to us. That's what we're here for. We want to support you. Yeah. And I think one thing that uh, is a fear for some parents is, oh no, I've failed. I'm, I haven't done a good job. And, and you should not feel that way. This is a hard world we live yes. in. It is a broken world. We all have our struggles. And you are doing what God has asked you to do when you discern a child has a problem. And you proactively say, how can we address that? And so perhaps we have discerned my child or someone in my family that I love has a mental health challenge. And I want to walk with them and I want to help them. I want to journey with them. So, so how can we do that? Well, how can we as families be a blessing to our children who struggle with mental health problems? Yeah. You know, Rick, it's really hard when our kids are in pain and they're hurting and all we want to do is fix it. But, you know, sometimes we don't even know what we're supposed to do. And, um, and it starts to become overwhelming. And, um, and the thing is, one of the things I just want to say is that it's not our job to fix it. It's our job just to walk alongside them and help them carry that backpack. Um, but the thing is, is that we just have to have grace with ourselves as we walk through this journey. Grace with ourselves, grace with our kids, because walking through a journey like this, it's just hard. It's tough. It's painful. And so we just have to be ready to, to just walk with our kids and support them. You know, one of the best things that you can do for your kids is just give them unconditional love. You know, you need to remind them and remind them often how much you love them, how much you care about them, how much they mean to you, how much they matter, and how much you want to support them. You can never say these things too much. Um, another thing is just affirm who they are. You know, when you're walking through a mental health struggle, it is so demoralizing. It makes you feel so down about who you are. It makes you doubt who you are. And so as parents, one of the great roles that you have in the journey is just to be a voice of truth in their life. You know, affirm who they are, affirm their qualities, affirm their character, affirm their resilience, affirm their progress, affirm their worthiness. You know, when you are speaking that truth over them and speaking those blessings over them, you're going to give, it's going to be life-giving to them and it's going to help combat those lies. One of the comments I've gotten the most in this series is people saying, thank you, Pastor, for reminding me that my mental health challenge does not mean that God loves me less yes. or is disappointed. Mm -hmm. If it's so important for us to know that God is not disappointed in us, how important is it for our children to know 
that their parents are not disappointed in them. Yes, I mean, because the thing is, it really does become a battle within, and we have to speak against those lies. Okay. And and another thing is that we just need to be spending time, um, spending time together, you know, connecting with our kids. Our kids need time with their family. And then communicate often. You know, we've already talked about the importance of it. Just make your home a safe place to share. And then another thing, parents, it's just important that parents take care of their mental health. You know, going through this journey is hard. It's hard for your kids, but it's also hard for us. And then we may be dealing with our own things. And so it's just so important that you seek out the support that you need and make sure that you're taking care of yourself as well. And then lastly, we just have to be patient. You know, walking through this journey is going to be hard. It may take time. There may be lots of ups and downs. And so it's just so important that you just remain patient and then just continue to love and support your kids yeah. as they walk with their backpack. Which means we're going to have to daily ask God to give us grace for this day yeah. and give us the strength to do this day. And tomorrow he'll give us the grace for the next day. Yeah. When I was uh, a young father, uh, I thought proactively, how can I create a climate for, that my kids will flourish physically? How, how can they flourish spiritually? I guess I didn't think a lot about how can they flourish with their mental health. That wasn't much of a conversation then, but it is today. And so let's close with that question. What can we do as families to promote better mental health? Yeah, I think, you know, I think a great way to think about it is to think about how God made us. You know, God didn't just make us as physical beings. He made us as thinkers. He made us emotional. He made us relational. He made us spiritual. And we need to be taking care of all of those components in our life because every one of those feeds into our mental health. And so with physical health, we just need to be taking care of our bodies. Our bodies are so neglected. And the thing is that it feeds into our mental health. And so we need to make sure that we're eating healthy, that we're getting exercise, and that we're getting sleep. Another thing is that we just need to manage stress. Our, our families are so overscheduled and families are just stressed out. And so we need to find ways to back off of some of the scheduling that we do and, and make sure that we create time and space in our families where we just can unwind and decompress and just rest. Sounds to me like you're talking about Sabbath. Yes, 100%. We need to, we need to be doing Sabbath and we need to teach our kids to do Sabbath. It's so important that we are creating that time. And then we also just need relationships. You know, God wired us for connection. He made us to need people. And the thing is, we have to stay connected. Connection is so big in mental health, and we have to make sure we're staying connected. But you know, Pastor Rick, one of the things that is getting in the way of our connections and our relationships is technology. Mm -hmm. And we have to come to terms with the fact of how we're letting technology interfere with our lives and our mental health. You know, when I was doing um, preparation for the series, one of the, the research I found was, um, it said that adults outside of work um, in their free time are spending up to six hours a day on their phones. And then kids and teens outside of school are spending up to eight hours a day um, on technology. I mean, six to eight hours a day that we are we are connected to technology and not connected to each other. You know, when I was doing research for the Sofa Series, I was coming across those same numbers. And my first response was, that can't be right. There's not enough time of the day to do that. And then I just started watching people. Watch people uh, at an airport. Watch people walking through a parking lot. Go to a restaurant and see how many families are around the booth. Four people having four phones out 
looking at their phones instead of each other. You're right. We're spending way too much time with these screens and not with people. Yes. And the thing is, it's having devastating effects on our mental health. Research is showing it everywhere. And the thing is that we have to take a stand. We have to take back our families. We have to take back our relationships. We have to take back our mental health. But the thing is, as parents, we have to start setting the boundaries Amen. first. You know, we it. have to lead. We have to lead our kids away from technology, but we have to put ourselves in check first. It's so important. We have to recognize what a problem it is. You know, and then lastly, you know, one of the most important things you need to be doing is take care of your spiritual health. We need to be spending time in God's word. We need to be spending time in worship. We need to be spending time in prayer. And we need to be spending time in gratitude. You know, gratitude is such a great way to combat mental health because what it does, it orients our thinking towards God's faithfulness and his goodness. And when we're struggling, we need to have those reminders of God's faithfulness and goodness. And so it's just so important that we take care of all of the different components of how God made us. And that is going to ensure that we have the best mental health. I love that you ended that way. When I look at the Psalms and so many of the people writing those worship songs are pouring out their hearts, they're admitting their mental distress. Notice how many of them, though, wind up in a place of thanksgiving, of giving praise to God, of letting the goodness of God and his faithfulness be the lens through which they try to look life at life instead of looking at life through the lens of their particular struggle or their problem. That's such a good word. Yeah. So I hope this has encouraged you. We know it's hard right now for families and, and uh, the battle is real. And we want you to know that as Christians, we have the same struggles in life to deal with that every family deals with, but we also have extra resources. We have the word of God. We have the grace of God for each day's trials. We have the hope of heaven. So let's lean into our resources as followers of Jesus. And remember this, that the one that is in us is greater than the one that is in the world. So let's be hopeful and let's create the kind of future for our families that we want to have. Let me pray for us. So, Father, thank you for this time together, for the good words you've given us, Stephanie, for the truth that we find in your Holy Scripture. And, Father, we as uh, families, we want to believe that we can have the kind of homes that are Jesus-honoring, Spirit-filled, and hopeful, God. Deliver us from fear and give us the kind of hope that people that follow a man that left a tomb ought to have. We pray for our families. We pray for our kids. We pray for the next generation. We ask God for nations and for generations. And we pray that we can model to our community the kind of family life that can be when people put the kingdom of God first. We pray for hope for every home, God. And we pray uh, that we can, as followers of Jesus, be healthy in every possible way. For his name's sake and glory. And we pray it in his name. Amen. Amen.